Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. So are you ready for the word of God? All right, turn your Bibles, Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Listen, remember how I started? You're going to be a doer of the word. You're going to do this. I'm arming you with weapons of warfare. Because you see, joy is not a destination. It's a way to travel. So this is, this is a way of life. This is a way of life. It's not an event. It's a way to travel. Romans chapter 14. Verse 17, are you there? Romans 14, 17, read together. One, two, go. Ah, ha, 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 ha. It says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. I like this tran translation. It's not eating and drinking. You see, many people associate the kingdom of God with regulations. What not to touch. What to touch, what to do, what not to do, what to wear, not what not to wear. And you see, there are moral regulations in the kingdom, but there is more to the kingdom. That's not the crux of the matter. And he will have you understand, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, not eating and drinking. Don't spend all your time, the better point, part of your devotional life, arguing what you'll be eating and what shouldn't. It says the kingdom of God is in righteousness, the gift of righteousness in Christ. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 10, it says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. That's what we're talking about. That's the kingdom of God. With the heart man believes unto righteousness. So you just believe in the gospel and you receive righteousness as a gift. That's the kingdom. And next he says, peace. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 1. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. No wonder when Jesus was born, angels littered the skies and started singing, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. Because you see, the person who was born was going to bring a permanent reconciliation between God and mankind for all, all those who believe. Peace on earth. So the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and this is the one people are most unfamiliar with. It says joy in the Holy Ghost. And I can preach all day on this, but I want to just expatiate two things. You see, first and foremost, this is interesting that many people do not associate Joy with the Holy Ghost. They don't. It's not our custom. It's not what we're exposed to or what we were exposed to growing up in church. In fact, joy is the first thing that goes away, supposedly, when the Holy Ghost comes. So you can be having a joyful time, you know, everybody's just laughing, you know, just cheerful. Then all of a sudden, the preacher says, so let's get serious now. We're in the presence of God. So that's how you know the Holy Spirit is moving when all the smiling and all the laughing must cease. When the presence of God. In fact, sometimes you are threatened. If you open your eye, you will go blind. And, you know, I'm like, ah, take it easy, sir, you know? What would be your testimony 
if you came to church seeing and you went back blind? <laughs> is it not the opposite? <laughs> you know, shouldn't the sick be healed by the power of God? Once I was seeing, now I'm blind. What kind of test would it? <laughs> what would the heathen say? Hallelujah. But good news, there is joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you believe that? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. In fact, it is one of the SI units <laughs> of spiritual maturity. I don't want to get ahead of myself. The second thing I want to point out to you is simply this. He must be talking about a different type of joy. No wonder he qualifies the type of joy he's talking about. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Because there are different types of joy. There is joy you have when you receive money. Let's not lie. Have you had a windfall and you just felt happy? Some of you people can tell from your mood when you're broke and when you have money. Everything about you changes. Your psychology, the way you shake. People with money have a firmer grip. Have you noticed all rich people squints? They, they develop eye problem immediately. When they see someone they've not seen for a while, they pretend like they don't recognize you squinting like this. Open your eye, Allah. You know me, Joe. You know me. <laughs> you know. And how unfortunate it would be if the only source of your joy is money. Some people, they cannot see beyond their purse. It's a sickness. And respectfully, when I see some of our celebrities, well, it works for their marketing strategy, but it's just unfortunate to have that kind of life, so shallow, so empty. You buy a new wristwatch and then you go live on IG. <laughs> ice! Ice! You know, I'm just like, ah, these are adults. <laughs> ice! <laughs> you know, ah, 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 what is this? You know? He go choke you through through if you are not careful. <laughs> what is all this? Don't be so poor. All you have is money. Hallelujah. There is joy in music. And you see, this type of joy is not a revelation in Christ. There are some people who are not born again and can play skillfully, even better than some of us. But then there is joy in the Holy Ghost. Listen, it's very important you differentiate. It's very important. And I taught you earlier in this series, every other kind of joy gives you up. You have no excuse to God. If you enjoy watching football, and in a service like this, we don't hear your voice throughout. You say, it's my temperament. I'm not the shouting type. But when your team scores, you shout. Ah, what will you tell God? It's a witness against you. Any other thing you enjoy is a witness against you. This is very important. And all these things he gave us, you know, for our enjoyment, all right? So look beyond the object and look to the creator of the objects. Don't just joy in things. Joy in the one who made those things, all right? This is very important. So there is joy in the Holy Ghost, and I said that joy is different. Our joy is different. And Jesus was careful to make the differentiation. For instance, in John chapter 14, 
verse 27, John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said this, very instructive. He said, peace I live with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. So he's differentiating the peace that he gives from the peace that the world gives. Because there's a difference. There's a difference. My peace I give you, not as the world gives. So there is peace in the world. I wish I had enough time to expatiate on this. But the peace in the world is usually the absence of trouble. When someone says, I'm at peace, you know, you just know, okay, money, everything is on point. Your body, everything is on point. But then Jesus breaks all the stereotypes, being in a boat about to sink and sleeping. And when people woke him up, you know, trying to be responsible and challenging his responsibility, how can you be sleeping when this boat is about to sink? You know what he said? Oh, ye of little faith, how long shall I be with you? So listen, Jesus is telling us that if you have a disposition that makes you respond to every storm, every chaos, your faith is small. Hallelujah. Nudge the person by your side, gently say our peace is different. Hallelujah. And our love is different. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 46 to 47. Matthew 5, 46 to 47. Jesus said something very instructive. He said, if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax collectors, collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? He's saying, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They must be able to tell apart your love and its quality from the love of the heathen. Hallelujah. They should be able to tell it apart because our love is different. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul is speaking, describing the fruit of the Spirit, which I've told you and explained to be the evidence of the Spirit's influence. If you have the Spirit, this is the evidence. And he said, love joy, peace. So as you realize, as you read that, you realize that joy for us is more than an If you learn this, it will change your life. And so there is joy out there, but there is a higher type of joy. You know, two days ago, um, Pastor Shola and I were talking about market segmentation and how the same company can offer the same products to people of two different financial classes. So the same company can have a luxurious brand and then a brand for everyone else. Do you have any examples in your mind? And listen, even the advert is different for the people they are trying to reach. So if it's milk, for instance, when you're trying to reach a class of people, you're saying, peak, look at this peak, always be there for you. From the song, you just feel, oh, huh? you know? The people they are singing for don't have problems. But then there are, there's another type of class you have to be aggressive to. Sorry, you. Say, put on for tea, cowbell, put on for coffee. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> put on for akamu. You know, the other people will be like, what's akamu? I don't know what that is. You know? <laughs> then even from what they are offering, you no know, need fridge at all because the people they are trying to sell it to, they don't have lights. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
It's just an example. All right? So the same way, there are different classes of joy. And if you are at a realm where you need a lot to be joyful, wow. That joy is legitimate. There is a teaching there. Some people are so poor in that realm, good things happen, they don't even thank God for it. We need to learn to thank God. I'm not going to undermine that. That is also important. That joy is important. If God blesses you financially, you know what Paul said? He says he gives all things to all men richly to enjoy. So you don't get so spiritual where you don't appreciate the goodness of God in your life, even in the minute things. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's also important. The power of testimony. Learn to share your testimony. If you get healed, learn to share it. All right? But there has to be more to your joy walk than that. And Jesus is making a differentiation. If that's all there is to your joy, how are you different from tax collectors? How are you different from the heathen? You see that? It doesn't matter how joyful you are in natural things. You can't really depend on that joy. You know what Isaiah tells you in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30 and 31? He said, even the youth shall faint and be weary. He said, the young men shall utterly fall. He says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Listen, there is a kind of strength that is still in force when everybody, depending on natural means, is failing. When depression becomes the norm, and everyone, because of the state of the economy, everyone is just unhappy and everything, but there is still this, there's still this glow about you, and people can't understand. And people look at your life, and they see possibilities that are beyond the natural realm. Because in natural sciences, human don't, humans don't fly. But it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. Walk and not be weary, run and not faint. Wow. This is a greater type of joy. God would have you fly where you've been walking. Say loud, amen. amen. And the first thing I want to buttress is this. You have to see the correlation between your faith in God and joy. Many people don't see that. This joy in the Holy Ghost is a true concept, a real concept. Look at Philippians chapter 1 verse 25. This is going to bless you. Philippians 1.25. It's a text we all know in this church. This is the most popular text in this church. Paul is speaking to his congregation. He says, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance. Furtherance is spiritual growth. Furtherance in the faith. So this is where I was in my understanding of the gospel. And this is where I am now. I've made progress. Progress in the faith, another translation calls it. But then he says, joy. Hallelujah. Listen, there is no progress in the faith without joy in the faith. If you are not growing in your joy, you are not growing in the faith. This is important. This is the SI unit of spiritual growth. Duty will become delightful as you grow. It must become delightful. So you know about spiritual growth, but do you know about growing in your joy walk? 
Because this is the totality of the kingdom, not just righteousness and peace, but joy. Do you know about this joy? It's so important and so crucial. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, Peter is describing your walk with God. Ha, ha, ha. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. You know what? I want to give you a few seconds to open it as fast as you can. Open your Bibles. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Hallelujah. Now, this is so powerful. You know, in your romantic life, long-distance relationships might not be advised. In your romantic life, it might not be advised for you to be dating someone you've never seen. But that's the reality in your spiritual work. It says, whom having not seen, ye love. You know, some people try to oppress you because of their spiritual encounters. One day, I was sitting in my room and Jesus came in. He sat beside me. Some will even say he ate bread with me. Ah, ah! Some will exaggerate. They'll say, Jesus came the first day. The second day, Holy Spirit now came. Ah, ah! Oniro, you're lying. Someone say, so, someone actually said the Holy Spirit has a different hairstyle. That, that's the difference. The Holy Spirit's hairstyle is, is uh, don't worry. <laughs> But guess what? He says, whom have you not seen, ye love. You know what Jesus said? He said, blessed are those who have not seen, yet do what? Believe. How many of you fall into that WhatsApp group and you're glad? Let nobody oppress you. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? The people who had to receive a physical encounter, they needed assurance. Their faith was small. God had to assure them. <laughs> but people who are strong in faith, reading the Bible, reading about Jesus is enough. Glory be to God. Uh -huh. Anyway, that's by the way. He says, whom have you not seen, ye love? Though now you do not see him, yet believing. And many people stop here. But he didn't stop there. He says, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Uh -huh. Don't just stop at believing. You believe, oh, I believe. Yes, Lord. I be he said, if you believe, joy will be the proof. If you believe, you can't claim to understand the gospel and not be joyful. It's good news. If you're not joyful, what did you hear? Believing and rejoicing is what he says. With joy that cannot be put into words. Joy that you cannot, you can't organize, you know, with any language. You can't really express it. You just have to shout sometimes and dance sometimes and run sometimes. That's how to express it. It is better shown than told. Joy inexpressible and full of glory. Say loud amen if you have that joy. This is so important. So I want you to come up hither. Because there are dimensions of supernatural joy. Dimensions of joy. Dimensions of joy. And many people emphasize what heaven can do for them instead of making heaven their reward. Many people have joy by the Holy Ghost and not joy in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost himself is supposed to be your joy. But many people celebrate what the Holy Ghost does for them 
And like I said, that cannot be undermined. It's very important, but there just has to be more to your spiritual experience than that. In Psalm 126 from verse 1, it's a powerful text. It says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, it was like a dream. <laughs> it was like a dream. And this is beautiful. There is this provision in God. All right? It was like a dream. And what did he say next in verse 2? It says, then was our mouth filled with laughter. So this is a dimension of joy. Where God does something and you respond to it. It's also important. Your mouth was filled with laughter. And it was filled with laughter then, after it happened. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. So this kind of joy, the heathen can understand it. They say, oh, this is why they're happy. God has done great things for them. See what God did for them. He did this, he did that, he did this. But then there is a type of joy that the heathen do not understand. The Bible tells us that they were observing the confidence of the disciples of Jesus. These guys are not really men of any social status that is enviable. Many of them fishermen from a humble background. Why are they so confident? Where is this confidence coming from? And then the Bible says they took notice that they had been with Jesus. There is something about Jesus. Are you listening to me? You know, that defies all the rules of joy from a natural standpoint. Thank God for the things you are trying to achieve financially. Thank God for the things, you know, you are hoping for physically and in every other facet of life. But the fact that there are things you have not yet seen and you are yet so joyful and people who are even having a better passage in life from an observational standpoint are not even half as happy as you are. And people are just watching. There is something about you. Why are you so... I, I, I can't really see. I can't trace it to anything. It's not really the money. It's not real. This guy is just so solid. There is something solid about this guy's emotion. Other people, they lose something small. Their iPhone breaks. They are depressed two weeks, you know. I'm a pastor. I can't sell people. So I know what I'm saying. But you, you are so strong. You don't look like what you've been through. You go through the fire and there is no scent of it on your body. Listen, this is the kind of fortitude that God wants to infuse into you. If you will just receive this word. This kind of joy is a miracle. It makes no logical intellectual sense. But when you have it, you become stable. No fluctuations. Always happy, always bouncing. Say, that's my life. Come and say with me, say, that's my life. So, you know, Jesus was asking us to do the impossible. Because, you see, the type of joy that Jesus taught is impossible from a natural standpoint. It's impossible. I touched on this in passing on Wednesday. In Matthew 13, verse 40, 40, 44 to 46, you know, we've read through these and, you know, there's a way you can read some things in the Bible and you embrace it only because somewhere in your subconscious you feel it will never be tested. You feel nobody will ever test you. So when you read the rich young ruler 
and how he turned his back on Jesus because Jesus asked him to sell all he had and give alms and follow him. In your mind, you might be like, in your religious mind, you'll be like, mm, Yusuf, why didn't you do it? Because you never envisage that you might be in that shoe one day. And God will ask you to give up something valuable for his name's sake. So you just speed read. You never really paid attention to it. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a merchant seeking goodly pearls. He found one pearl of great price. He went and for joy sold all that he had to buy that single pearl. So this is his description of the kingdom. That you, might, you must find the gospel so valuable that you are ready to lose everything else to keep that. Do you understand? And you will still consider it a treasure. To come to a point where if anyone makes you choose without thinking, without blinking, you choose Christ and you're ready to lose everything else. What Jesus is saying is miraculous. Be honest. It's not easy from a natural standpoint. It's not easy. It's not easy. Some of you in your workplace, when they try to get you to compromise, and you know that refusal to compromise will cost you that job, what do you do? Let me tell you something. There is a level of devotion you will never get to until you learn to choose Christ above things, knowing that it will cost you things, but that Christ is worth it. It's easier said than done. It's a miracle. And Jesus actually puts it to test. When the disciples were, you know, were hearing Jesus say that, they didn't ask any question. Maybe he's just preaching a good sermon until he actually put it to test and told that young rich ruler, sell all you have. Give arms, follow me. And every time I have to explain this in case there is someone in church who has not heard me explain this, in case you think that's difficult, Change the scenario. Dangote tells a young entrepreneur, sell off all your businesses, follow me. Is that a sacrifice? Answer me, is that a sacrifice? You do that. So the problem is not what Jesus said. It's how you value Jesus. And the reward you perceive you can receive from him. But that's a conversation for another day. When that guy walked away, Jesus said something very earth-shaking. He said, ah, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom. Ah, the disciples protested. They said, who then can be saved? Is this the doctrine of poverty? Should we all just cuckoo stay poor? Then this is what Jesus responded. In fact, before he said that, he said, it is easier for a camel to enter the eye of a needle. Ha! Camel! Which the hunchback enter the... Ca- Eye of a needle is easier than for a rich man to end this. Who then can be saved? And he said, with men, it is impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. So listen, this is how to, exp- to ex- explain the joy that is in God. A miracle happens, symbolically or metaphorically. A camel is shrunk to be able to pass the eye of a needle. That's the kind of miracle that happens in your heart. There's a radical shift in your perspective. And so now he begins to tell you about kingdom joy. In Matthew 5, he talks about the Beatitudes. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit, all the nice stuff. You can deal with that. Then you now come to verse 11. 
in Matthew 5. He said, blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you. You know, the last time someone gave you basketballs online and you couldn't sleep, has someone given you word online before? Nobody, nobody don't word you before. Don't lie now. Why people? Ah, you're, you're not going to respond, really. Oh, you are the one giving other people word. <laughs> you know, after eight years of hard work in ministry, a member of this church said, Pastor, I want you to travel somewhere. Go and rest for, even if it's 10 days. Sponsored the trip. And then I went, you know, you traveled, took a picture, posted online. And someone commented, this is what you are doing with church money. So, <laughs> make another lie, pain me. <laughs> they pained me. <laughs> because I work harder than you guys know. You don't know the half of it. <laughs> you understand? And it wouldn't even be out of place if it was a church-sponsored trip. Someone sponsored. Then you say, this is what I'm using, church money. Then I now go to your page. I see pictures of you in vacation. You also go on vacation. But because I'm a pastor, I'm not worthy of anything good in life. <laughs> and he says, so-called man of God. Ah, so... So I said, anyway, I, I don't know if my reply was a good example, so let's go on. <laughs> say anything, don't say so-called. Don't joke. Hallelujah. I was on my own, oh, God called me. It's not as if, there are many other things I would have done well. Don't joke. Anyways. <laughs> Now, even for my personal example, listen, I can preach this because I understand it. He said, when men abuse you, he didn't say be consoled. He didn't say, he doesn't tap you on the back and say, don't mind them, Joe. He said, rejoice. Ah. Logically speaking, this seems to be a mental problem. Do you understand? Like, imagine you enter a room and you see someone dancing. Hey! I say, what happened? He said, someone abused me online. Hey! <laughs> The person will say, hey, wait, 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 wait. Come, let me feel your temperature. Do you have any other symptoms? You know, are you seeing double? Are you feeling this? <laughs> Listen, you have to understand this. God is asking you to do the impossible. And he said, if it is not this way, what would differentiate you from the heathen? The heathen rejoice over money. They rejoice over the latest jam, music jam. They rejoice over nice clothes. This is, listen, it is this miraculous joy that will prove that there is a Holy Spirit in your heart that has re-engineered your priorities. That in unfavorable circumstances, you will still have joy. Ah, how is this possible? Listen, as if that's not shocking enough, go quickly with me 
time is far spent. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 34. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 34. This one, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. You have to read it yourself. He said, for you had compassion for, on me in my chains, meaning when I was in prison. And joyfully, he said, and what? Joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. So listen, the government was against the church and just for being a Christian, your property will be seized. Your land will be seized. Your car will be seized. And these people valued God so much, they joyfully said, oh, is it car? Take! I'm like, what? Can you see that there are different dimensions to this joy? There are some people that say, ah, God has done great things for us. Then shall the even say. But this is another kind of joy. Where the Bible says they gathered believers together and flogged them because they were preaching. And they went away rejoicing, thanking God for the privilege to suffer persecution for his namesake. It's a difference. Listen, it can only be by faith that you move from the feeling that makes you want to cry to shouting. You ha it has to be by faith. It has to be by faith. This type of joy is a miracle. And what is the source? The source is the gospel. Go back to that Matthew 5, 11. There's something you have to see. It says, blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil <clears throat> against you falsely for my sake. It says, rejoice and be exceeding glad. Exceeding, sir. But he tells you why. It says, for great is your reward in heaven. Great is your reward. Now, some of you, you can relate to a wealthy man in a party coming to you and saying, rejoice, I will spray you. Rejoice, I will spray you. And they are just throwing bundles. And you are chesting it, you know. Hey, Cubana, you know what I'm saying. But now the God of the universe is telling you, no matter what you're going through, especially for my namesake, rejoice, there is a reward. And you can be so sure of that reward, you don't have to wait to see it to rejoice. Start rejoicing now. So when you believe in a God with whom there is a just recompense of reward for every hardship, for every trial, you rejoice now. No wonder the disciples rejoiced the way they did. So many people are so short-sighted, all they can rejoice about is earthly gain in the immediate. But you, your hope is in the promise of the Christ to come and his reward. He said, if you endure to the end, he says, there is a crown of glory waiting for you. He says, the meek shall inherit the earth. He's not speaking metaphorically. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth that we're going to reign in which we're going to reign with Christ. And he says, rejoice. Rejoice. No matter what anybody can do with you now. He says, fear he who has the power over the soul and the body. Not just the body. All they can do is attack your flesh. But you have an exceeding great reward with me. Let me tell you something. When this is your perspective, your joy will become permanent. You truly overcome the world when you know that there is no challenge in this world 
that can separate you from the love of Christ. That's how to overcome the world. When you know there is no challenge, you look at your future. From the natural standpoint, there's a lot to be afraid of. Especially at the average age of members of this church. When you start entering maybe 28, 30, that's when you will start hearing a friend say, I don't want that's a discussion for another day. Hallelujah. Learn this now. And joy in your God. And we have Jesus as an example. The last text I'm going to share. Turn your Bibles, Luke chapter 10. We are going to practice this joy. Are you ready for that? In Luke chapter 10, verse 21, you know, Jesus was weird from a behavioral standpoint. Jesus could be talking to you, and the next thing, he just looks up and talks to God. Just looks up. Father, glorify your name, and God responds. Nobody, not, not everybody hears it. Some hear thunder, but there was a response, an obvious response. Hey, imagine you had a friend like that. You do, me. You know, I mean, that was something. And now, he was talking to his disciples. And just talking about evangelism. They went out, they preached, you know, demons, demons were subject to the name of Christ. And he was teaching them, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Then out of nowhere, the Bible says, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced. The Greek word translated rejoice is agalio. It means to spin and to jump. Just imagine someone on the road spinning and jumping. You're wondering what happened. Why are you so excited? What happened to you? Oh, let me guess. Your wife put to bed. Your wife put to bed. Oh, no, not that. Oh, you got money. A promotion. Guess. And guess what he was rejoicing about. I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed it unto babes. So now it is divine revelation that is getting you spinning. This is another source of joy. Not football, not money, not anything sensual. Divine revelation. Like your reward in heaven gets you spinning. Imagine you introduce this to your devotion. Where in spite of the challenges, listen, it makes no sense. Because it's not as if all the circumstances have become favorable. But you know who your God is. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even in the Old Testament, Jesus or God did not tell them to rejoice after the wall of Jericho had fallen. When did they rejoice? Before or after? He said, stand in front of it and shout. Let me tell you something. You can control your feelings by your actions. Stop waiting to feel like it. You do it. You do the word of God. I'm a doer of the word. And listen, most of the time, Paul was instructing you through his letters to rejoice. He was in prison. Think about that. He wrote most of those letters in prison. And not only is he, he's not encouraging himself. Oh, he's telling people outside to rejoice. What a witness against you if someone in prison is telling you to rejoice. He must have known something. So that's why you're going to act on the word of God right now. Stand to your feet, everybody. Now, I don't even need a word of knowledge to know that many of you are going through unfavorable circumstances. 
<laughs> but you are going to declare the word of God and you're going to rejoice. Listen, I told you the symptoms are the same, but the source is different. Everything you would have done if your favorite team, which of course should be PSG, scored. What's that? What's that? When you not told in membership school? Before you join this church, you must support your pastor's club. Oh, they didn't, it's not in the training. Ah, it's not in training. I have to correct that. Okay. I know you think I'm joking. <laughs> Until it's time for marriage counseling, I ask you, what club do you support? Sorry, we can't wear you. Anyway, I'm joking. No, I'm not. So, <laughs> are you ready now? So, this is what you're going to do. You are going to change your location. Hallelujah. You know, as we're joking like this, miracles happen. I remember um, two years ago at Reboot Camp, I was giving the same joke, you know, about Messi. I said, I mean, why won't you support Messi as the best footballer in the world? And you claim to believe in the mercies of God. You know, just watch play. And someone stood up and said, but we are Christians. Cristiano Ronaldo, you know? Yeah. Wait, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not telling you again. <laughs> you know, you know. But, you know, the moment she had had hemorrhage for years, as she got up to say that, she felt the blood flow stop. <laughs> so when she shared the testimony, I was like, Really? Listen, we might be joking, but this is a spiritual atmosphere. And anything good can happen. Hallelujah. So are you ready for that right now? Listen, you're not just going to shout, you're going to declare the word of God. The Bible says he rejoiced and said. So you say something like, I've overcome the world. Greater is he that is in me. Are you ready? Rejoice in the Lord. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I've overcome the world. I always win. I always win. Ha, ha, ha. What can separate me from the love of God in Christ? What? 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 I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Thank you, Jesus. More than a conqueror. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000 blessings.